0: Uh, Well, this is the Saturday Coffee Clutch with Heather Lofthouse and yours truly, Robert Reich. We're so delighted to have you with us. Uh, For those of you who haven't been here before, this is our uh, kind of weekly kind of get together for coffee. Talk about the events of the week, uh, where everything is heading. Uh, We try to be not only insightful and detailed, but also a little bit upbeat if we possibly can be upbeat. Is that right, Heather?
1: We do try. It's very informal. It's what happened this week. What are you thinking? What does that remind you of? And we have recorded it a couple times and you all, some of you like to hear it. So here we are.
0: So here we are. Uh, this week, uh, this was Republican week. I mean, it is Trump, you know, Trump territory and Republican, uh, the big caucuses coming up in, uh, really on Monday in Iowa, uh, and it, it is the Republican, you know, the uh, the big question. I don't know how many people are interested, but the big question is whether Nikki Haley uh, or Ron DeSantis emerge uh, as second place to Donald Trump. I, I mean, is this, uh, do, are most, do most people care? Do most Americans care about that? What do you think?
1: Do most Americans care? I would say no to that exact sentence. I do think a lot of people are paying attention. I think... Influencers and the news and the almost news will be talking about it. So I think it'll be important to see what happens. But do most Americans care about what's happening on Monday? As such, I'm not sure.
0: Are you going to be glued to the television or your mobile phone to find know, out what's what the, the results television? are? I'm, um, I mean, it's it's, I, 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 it's hard to get up a lot of excitement and enthusiasm for this. I, I, I mean, the 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 Republican debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis uh, last week was really, uh, I mean, it was kind of a dud. Uh, They just yelled at each other.
1: Well, a dud, that's one word for it, and the viewership was down, right? So viewership on that compared to Trump's town hall, which felt more like a soliloquy with two pals, you know, throwing him softballs. Um, He, he
0: He said, didn't he say at that town hall now, mark me if I'm wrong, uh, that he was responsible for the abortion bans, the abortion ruling by the Supreme Court, and uh, leading to the abortion bans in many, in many, in many states. Uh, did he? Did he say that?
1: It was horrible. So he said a number of things, and it's interesting too to see him shift a little bit on things because he's looking at the general election, and I don't like his shape shifting either. So we could talk about that. But yeah, he said I single handedly. I'm responsible. Rose behind us. That's me. I deserve. I'm proud of that. I'm incredible for that, which is disgusting for so many reasons. And one would hope that the Biden administration and everyone else is gathering these sound bites and going to do something with them because.
0: Well, I mean, even among Republican voters, uh, it's not clear that that issue is a winner. I mean, I, I think that the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs was a was a terrible blow to, you know, politically to Republicans. I mean, it's very, very unpopular, I mean, popular in places like uh, we know Oklahoma and much of the conservative Midwest, Kansas. Uh, so what, why is Trump touting it? And is this gonna hurt him in the primaries?
1: Well, I think, so A, we know this. He leans into things and tries to morph them into things that they're not, so we know that. White Christian nationalists, he likes to get their vote. I mean, I do think there's that, obviously. You know that better than, I mean, we all know that. I have to say this is kind of a sidetrack, but so we get a donation at the end of the year um, at Inequality Media Civic Action from a donor who always includes a card that says this is in honor of Dr. George Tiller, who, for those who don't know, I'm sure many of you do know, was an OBGYN and he performed abortions. He performed late stage abortions. He was in Kansas. He did this proudly for years in terms of supporting women's health, women's right to choose, and he was brutally assassinated while serving as an usher at his church that he used to go to every Sunday. He was a Republican, by the way, for much of his life, I don't know, um, at the end. But it's, I mean, that man fought so hard for women who had been raped, women who were in a tough mental situation, and he did it all, you know, in such good faith and so Proudly speaking of proud, so to get to think in the same week to see that and to hear Trump saying that is just kind of horrendous, Bob.
0: It's it's gross and it's uh, it's also politically stupid because you know there are two issues the Democrats have and Biden has. Going into this election year, and in we are now in this election year, one issue is democracy and the Republicans uh, and Trumps, you know, riding roughshod over democracy. The second big issue is abortion. Uh, and the Republicans and the Republican Supreme Court nominees, the appointees, yep. uh, also uh, riding roughshod over yep. uh, a woman's right to choose, which which is freedom. I mean, the, the way that right. Democrats are characterizing this now, and I think is exactly right, is is a matter of freedom, freedom right. from government intervention in one of the most, uh, you know, personal and intimate aspects yep. of life. Uh, so Donald Trump is not exactly playing by what's politically even sensible.
1: Good, I'll take it. And so, but he still got 4.4 4 million live views on his Fox News town hall. Not yeah. great.
0: Well, and, and also we know from recent surveys that 70% of registered Republicans believe that he was denied uh, wrongfully the 2020 election and that Donald Trump uh, should be president. And uh, and 35% of them also believe that the FBI was responsible for the raid, the attack on the Capitol on, Jul- on January 6th, 2021. 20, uh, I right. mean, the, these numbers are just are baffling, honestly.
1: They're baffling and I have to hope in an optimistic, naive moment that you've said this too, polls, are what they are, and we're far out from the general, and this, we can't, we have to take them with a grain of salt, or
0: 40. Well, I'm willing to take it with a grain of salt, but, but also okay. be concerned because it's not just one poll uh, showing Trump uh, beating Biden, but there's right. seven separate polls. More polls are coming out every day. And uh, I mean, the Biden people have got to take this, I mean, it, and not only taking it seriously, but the messaging, we've right talked now. about this before, messaging, messaging, messaging. I mean, Including Democrats are wildly <laughs> messaging. I'm right. sorry?
1: Including on economics or Bidenomics, if we have to,
0: Yeah, I mean, we have an extraordinarily good economy relative to where it was uh, just a year ago. And, uh, you know, Biden and all of Biden's surrogates need to be talking about this. Yeah.
1: Now, before we move to our next topic, I have a list. I always have a list for you, for us. Um, Iowa. So Iowa's coming up on Monday, but you have been, I've heard you say this, you've been to Iowa a bunch. Tell us about some of your past experience, whether it was related to caucuses,
0: Describe well, I've been there. I've tonight. been in Iowa. I mean, Iowa. I love Iowa for one thing. I love Iowans. I love the small towns and their big cities, which are, you know, really small towns every place else in the country. Uh, and their personal relationship to politics and sports. And I mean, they're just—it's—it's uh, it's an extraordinarily friendly place. But what we do know, uh, you know, and I started campaigning in Iowa. Uh, back in 1984 for Walter, Walter Mondale. Wow, he, yeah, he I was seven. Caucus. I was he seven won, that year. He won the, caucus, the, the Democratic caucus, but he lost Iowa. In fact, he lost every state except his home, Minnesota, in 1984. Right. Ronald Reagan, it was a landslide for Reagan. Uh, but it was the, no Republican uh, came close to winning Iowa again until George W. Bush in 2004 um Iowa has since 2012 and in 2012 Barack Obama uh did take Iowa by 6 points but in uh 2020 uh, I went it went overwhelmingly uh, for uh, Donald Trump and and that is really the story of Iowa a huge shift very, very rapidly more rapidly than any other state uh to the right to the yeah. Trump trumpian right and honestly, uh, Heather, I, what, what I've looked at the numbers. What you see in Iowa is a state that is getting more, uh, more conservative, older, uh, demographically, a uh, whiter, uh, and uh, really, in some ways, less educated. A lot of the college graduates from Iowa are leaving. Are leaving the state. I remember Tom Vilsack when he when he was governor in the early two thousands, uh, worrying to me uh, openly that uh, Iowa was suffering a brain drain.
1: Right, that's what I was going to say. That's the term for it. So interesting. But so you've been there. So we'll see what happens on Monday, and then on next week's clutch, I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Can we move, please, to legal cases, Ugh, if we yes. have to, and yes. Donald Trump you mean and. Donald Trump's? <laughs>
0: his legal cases which are part of his campaign now. I know how much You're time do you have talk about campaign without talking about the legal cases.
1: Do you have a couple hours to do this coffee clutch?
0: I mean, no, we can't no, go through but, it but, all. But here, look at I think the most interesting uh, thing that happened last week with with all of his legal cases was John Sauer that's his lawyer yeah. Yeah. arguing in the District of Columbia Court of Appeals uh, the uh, you know the immunity the immunity question you know can a president is a president automatically immune from any anything he does or she does if when we get a woman president uh, automatically immune uh, from uh, any criminal prosecution and Sauer said yes until there is an a uh, you know a full uh, a full airing of this in congress uh, until there is a you know, an attempt to impeach the president and uh, and, a, and a conviction of impeachment, then you can bring a criminal charge, uh, which, you know, got me thinking. I mean, it's absurd. It's a very dangerous position because suppose Trump or any president were to uh, essentially commit some terrible, terrible crime, uh, and then the Senate and the House uh, or the House impeaches, the Senate uh, tries to convict, and the president puts everybody in prison and, and makes it impossible for them to actually vote on a an impeachment conviction. Uh, then what? I mean, then we are really in uh, Nazi Germany, 1933.
1: Mm, I know, and you wrote a substack on this, and you used the adjective chilling. This is when fiction and nonfiction collide, or past, you know... Nonfiction comes back to the present. I mean, it's so scary. And you did—you gave us a reading list, which, by the way, is a depressing reading list. But I know, and you mentioned on the last last clutch, the death of democracy by I think it's Benjamin Het. Um, but yeah, so you're reading this, you're thinking about it, ugh.
0: It's not. We it's did. not fun reading. I, I don't recommend it on vacation. But uh, it is important that we understand the parallels. You know, for a long right. time, uh, a lot of us, uh, myself included, refused to think about the parallels to Nazi Germany. I mean, that we right. just we seem so remote and so far and so absurd. Uh, but we now have uh, in America and in Europe around the world uh, the first generation not to have a direct memory uh, right. of what happened in the first half of the 20th century. Uh, And I think that that makes us even more vulnerable to a demagogue who comes along and tries to do and says he will, openly says he's gonna try to do many of the things that Adolf Hitler did.
1: I I mean, yes, so not a direct memory, but I feel privileged to have been educated on the horrendousness of it. And I've been to the Holocaust Museum and I've, so, It's not direct, but it is so jarring and so horrendous that I feel like I'm one degree away from that and I still get it. So how do we, I mean, it's just, there's such a gap between you know, people. Well, I, th- I think and,
0: people have got to talk about it and people have got to write about it and think about it, uh, even if it's uh, kind of categorized as one right. of the things we we don't want to think about. Uh, but uh, because Trump has been so open and the Heritage Foundation's uh, so-called 2025 project has been so explicit about what the uh, a regime change, what Trump would do. Uh, I mean, having Uh, immigrants, uh, you know, millions of immigrants who were here illegally rounded up and put into concentration camps and using the American military to round them up inside the United States, uh, turning the civil service into basically a bastion of loyalty uh, to Trump. And on and on it goes. I mean, these are all things that that Hitler tried to do.
1: And he's saying this at the town hall. I mean, this is not... We're not, I mean, it's open. It's so loud. It's scary times. And you saw, of course, that there was, um, the judge is in one of the judges. I mean, probably many of them are in serious trouble and have security threats. And there was a swatting that happened. So one of the judges on one of the Trump cases.
0: Well, uh, let's use the term ideological violence. I mean that's that's really what we saw in Germany in the 1930s and what we're beginning to see in the United States uh, again a, a lot of republicans report that they have been uh, intimidated. That they, you know, they they when they vote for when they voted for the Trump Trump's impeachment, uh, some Republicans who are no longer in Congress uh, say that they they they're, they were threatened. Their lives were threatened. Their families were threatened. Uh, the judge in the Trump t- trial uh, and Jack Smith, they both been what is the term swatted. Uh, and uh, I mean that there is no excuse for this kind of illegal. And uh, in some cases, violent behavior.
1: Yep, and extreme. So in terms of what's happening in D.C., so we have all this happening, but then also the government's running and uh, hopefully there's not going to be a shutdown, continuing resolution. What happened with um, Speaker this week, Michael Johnson? Where do things stand? What's he going to do? Is he gonna get in trouble? Is he gonna
0: well, do it? Yeah, yesterday, Michael Johnson came out and he said fairly clearly, he was not going to go with the Freedom Caucus with the extreme right-wing Republicans. He was going to stick to the deal uh, that had been carved out you know, months and months ago with the Biden administration uh, for the continuing resolution. Uh, he was not going to insist on stricter controls at the border. Uh, this has infuriated the right-wing, uh, right-wing Republicans uh, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get rid of Johnson. You know, I mean, he he's hanging by a thin thread. Any Republican speaker is because any Republican can move to uh, get rid of the speaker.
1: I'm having deja vu.
0: Exactly. I mean, this is this what it's this dark. has happened three times before. I know. Um, I know it. And uh, Mike Johnson is going to need Democratic votes. I mean, so dysfunctional. Uh,
1: um, well, is there going to be? I mean, we'll see if there's a government shutdown. Ugh, I hope it can be avoided.
0: I don't think there will be. I, I think it will okay. be avoided. And this would have happened uh, next Friday. That is the first tranche that right. it was going to be in two separate uh, kind of uh, groups of cabinet agencies. Right. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be avoided. I mean, right. good for Mike Johnson.
1: Now, of course, another big news item of the week that was scary and jarring for so many, and people are very upset, is bombing in Yemen, right?
0: The Houthis, um, yeah. The uh, Houthis. In response to the Houthi, uh, Houthis uh, trying to uh, basically uh, bomb and uh, and uh, try to prevent uh, uh, shipping. Uh, right through that area, which is a right. critical area because the Suez Canal uh, is uh, is just north of that.
1: Right, and so this is an international waterway, and you know there are certain free maritime freedoms. I mean, this is a whole world that I'm not don't know much about. Um, but the Houthis have been saying, you know, in solidarity with Hamas and Palestine, they say we are doing what we want to do, and they are taking over certain ships, and apparently. The United States, Britain, other allies have said not okay, um, and of course, people are upset and saying Congress had nothing to do with this. What's happening? Um, well, the, so- the, you
0: know, the big issue here for a lot of people in Congress, a lot of progressives, is that there was no declaration of war. Uh, you know, this was a this was a, an attack on Yemen uh, without any congressional involvement. Uh, And that's a serious charge. Uh, By the way, Heather, you probably don't know this, but I took a course in admiralty law in law school. Wow! I know about Hmm. shipping, and I can give you. I can. I can bore. I can bore you <laughs> yeah. so intensely with my knowledge of admiralty law. Uh, you know, the other thing uh, to keep in mind about all this is that Iran is really behind it. It's behind Hezbollah it. in Lebanon. It's behind the Houthis uh, in Yemen. Uh, and uh, this is the, the potential danger of a, an open world war in effect with Iran and all of Iran's uh, kind of uh, uh, subordinate uh, Groups right. around around Israel,
1: right? And the Houthis had less power and less money and less influence, and they've always been rogue and extreme. Let's be clear. But then Iran has kind of brought them back. It's scary. It's very scary. It's scary times. It's,
0: it's very, very scary, scary, scary times. And um, the Republicans still uh, don't want to provide funding for uh, for Ukraine, and uh, and that that also is very scary because the. The connection between Iran uh, and Putin is not explicit, but everybody knows that there is some sort of coordination going on.
1: Yeah, that's it. Um, in other news, we've um, obviously COVID is surging.
0: You again. know, this is a very upbeat coffee uh, clock. I know. This clutch. is the nature I mean, of I the world. Here, we try. And I mean, I, you know, let's let's be a little bit. COVID is surging. Yes. So that's why we all wear masks.
1: I know. COVID is surging now. Many people are vaccinated. The variants are different than they were. You know, it's a different landscape, a different canvas that all this is being painted on.
0: And a very um, different political canvas. I mean, can you too. imagine a governor or even, uh, or even Biden trying to impose some sort of, uh, you know, r- regulations on, right. on behavior uh, after what we went through uh, right. just a couple of years ago? Right. Very right. difficult now.
1: But it is scary. A lot of, you know, many people are sick right now. I have a child and it seems like either he, you know, everyone's kind of got an RSV and the flu. And so everyone needs to be safe out there. And then the weather patterns. I mean, this climate we're a part of and trashing. It's wild. So cold fronts coming in. Other places are warmer than it's ever been. How What do we do? Do you
0: have a a positive uh, contribution Ah, to make to this? (laughs) <laughs> no, nope, I do I mean, not. It's really, it is scary. Uh, I mean, uh, Trump and and climate change uh, and, uh, you know, the, the surge of COVID. There are a lot of things no. going on. No. Uh, and, uh, and it's going to be know, cold wanna, in
1: Iowa. On, it's it? going to be cold in Iowa and that might affect voting. Can we have some could, more mail-in? Can we normalize could, mail-in voting? Voting from home, please?
0: Well, this is actually, this is a very, very important point you just made. Mail-in voting is critically important, I mean, if we're going to have wild weather, and we're going to have a democracy and wild weather and climate change, uh, we want to make it as easy as possible for people to vote and not go out into wild weather. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's the Iowa caucuses are a good example.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. (laughs) It
0: was was a pleasure. Real great. Talking to you. Real great seeing you. Heather. And, um, uh, really- and I, I hope everybody out there takes very, very good care of themselves uh, over the coming, the coming weeks and certainly coming months. Uh, we have our work cut out for us.
1: Mm, we do. So we'll see you all in a week.
0: See you all in a week. You take care. Bye-bye.